The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Great morning. Again, 865-255-03, Swain Event Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is the place to be if you're coming in town this weekend for the game. Stop on by Dead End Barbecue. Burnt ends, ribs, smoke wings, Bernie Mac, sausage and cheese plate, barbecue nachos, the sides, pimento mac and cheese, mixed green, green beans, desserts. Peanut butter pie, pong gap pie, and the nanner pudding. It is legendary. No secret why the ESPN folks and the people that come in, the CBS folks, they come in and go to Dead End Barbecue. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, Ben, good morning. Good morning. Go Steelers. And I would like to start off this morning's show with a PSA, a public service announcement. And it is important that that, that that you listen. So so turn me up a little bit. Turn. Lean in closely. Nah, I'm good. I ain't leaning in. Well, not you. But but the good people lean in towards that radio. Maybe hold the phone up closer to your ear. Maybe if if you're walking into work, walking into class, and, 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 and you've got us in, in your AirPods or, or some type of head headphone. Just, just go ahead and, and stop walking. I need you to stop and listen because this is a public service announcement that that is going to make sure that you remain safe today. I'm looking out for the good listener. If you encounter a Kentucky fan, tread lightly. Mm. Approach with serious caution. In fact... See the CDC, so this would be the B, the BDC, the BDC, Ben's department of whatever recommends that you don't even approach a Kentucky fan this morning because fifty feet distance. Walk the opposite direction. Turn and and, and leave. Turn and walk around. <laughs> just just leave. Get out of dodge. Because Kentucky loses to Tennessee on Saturday. Kentucky loses to Duke on Tuesday night. And that, my friend, is what you call a Kentucky fan's worst nightmare. Kentucky fans don't hate anybody more than Tennessee and football. Maybe Louisville, but just stick with me. Tennessee and football. Louisville and Duke and basketball. I follow Louisville. They just hate Louisville all the time. Mm -hmm. Hard not to when you live 40 minutes away from one another. Mm Mm-hmm. But we'll just pretend Louisville doesn't exist for this exercise. Nobody hates, or Kentucky fans don't hate anybody in football more than Tennessee, and they don't hate anybody in basketball more than Duke. And they've lost to both within a four-night span. So I encourage the good people, if you see a Kentucky fan today, walk the opposite direction. Get out of Dodge. Get away because you are risking your, your own safety. Dude, what's, what's, what's funny is radio up there in Kentucky last week was talking about how Tennessee is going to get beat down by 50 and the hooker can't play in the cold. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And there was a video clip. I think it was like Column Vol on Twitter. I want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, had, me in, had me in stitches, man. Had me in stitches. I almost – had to dig my own grave, man. I, I was dead, man. I was dead. And so uh, he put a video out, he or she put a video out, don't know who it is, um, of a snippet of their radio um, segment talking trash about Tennessee, talking dirty about Tennessee. And then the other snippet was their reaction after the game. And it was like, man, you know what? You know, I'm just, I'm sad. I'm, 
I mean, the reason why I'm sad, the reason why this hurts so much, and I was just, I was just rolling, man, because like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face, and everyone can talk this and that until the game is over. And so, in the last two big games for Kentucky in football and basketball, they have took L's to their rivals. They hate Duke basketball. They hate Duke basketball, and they lost to them to open the season. Hate Tennessee football, and they lost to them playing their best offensive game of the season. And I just think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Also, Memphis fans, I I need for y'all. You're not going to wait till for what? No, I'm not waiting. <laughs> well, they deserve two for what's. I'm, I'm I'm not waiting. I'm 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 getting this out the way for keeping their basketball court the same. God, it's so hideous. And and for what you're about to talk about, I'm not, I'm I'm getting I'm getting straight to it, man. Because Tennessee was playing Georgia basketball game last night, the debut. We hit we breaking records in all type of different ways. Like I'm I'm getting straight to it. Memphis, Memphis. You know how when you were a toddler and you were in the, the three foot, two foot area of the pool and you thought you were in deeper parts and you was kicking and screaming, kicking and screaming, kicking and screaming, and someone said, hey, hey, just get up. And you just stood up, you're like, oh, I'm good. This is what Memphis fans were doing yesterday in my mentions. Just kicking and screaming for no dang reason. No reason at all. What are you talking about, Swain? Get to the point. I got to hurry up and get to work. Ain't got time to be listening to you take all time with these points. Hurry up, Swain. I got you here. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Told you. On Monday, I'm compassionate. I think about others. Even though they wear a different color. Even though they're considered the rival. I still think about you sometimes. And yesterday was the same. I'm compassionate. So I saw... That Memphis put out a tweet. Put out a tweet. Make sure you're in your seats by tip-off tomorrow night. This was yesterday's. Make sure you're in your seats by tomorrow night. The 2021 NIT Championship banner will be unveiled. Huh? What? Memphis Tiger basketball program is putting out a tweet wanting people to get in, in their seats by tip-off because they're going to unveil a NIT banner to celebrate being the 65th best team in the country? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You mean to tell me the program that so many people grew up following you mean tell me the historically elite basketball program of Memphis State, the program that went to the Final Four and was one Mario Chalmers shot away from possibly winning a national championship? You mean the, the, the university and the program that put Derrick Rose in the league that's had so many NBA players? You mean tell me the city and, and, and the university that takes basketball serious, one of the best basketball Cities in the country, in the world, this is what we're doing? We're, we're celebrating an NIT championship with Penny Hardaway as your coach? Are, are, we, are we serious? I mean, NCAA tournament runner-up, 2008, 1973, they went to the Final Four three times. They went to the Elite Eight um, six times. They went to the Sweet 16 a whole bunch of times, 11 times. This, this is supposed to be an elite basketball program. So me, being as observant as I am, I said, listen, y'all are better than this. Are they? Yes, they are better than that. They have a bum leading their basketball I don't, program. Whatever. They are better than this historically. So that's what I said. 
And it's either true or false. And it's not false. They are better than to be celebrating NIT banners, championship, NIT, uh, doing a banner unveiling. Okay, put the little year on the banner. But you don't tweet, hey, alert, alert. Put on the calendar. Make sure you're in your seat for the unveiling of the NIT banner. That's too much. If you want to just put it on there, just put it on there. And if you just want to mention it in the game, congratulations to our 2020 Memphis Tigers NRT champions. <laughs> Clap, move on. Clap and move on. But you're unveiling a NIT championship banner? Stop it. You're better than this. You know what that reminded me of, Ben? Butch Jones. 2014 Tennessee barely gets to a bowl game after some tough years before, right? But Tennessee football barely gets to a bowl game. You get to the Tax Slayer Bowl. You win the Tax Slayer Bowl. Congratulations. Did a good job. Great game. Our players played awesome. Dude, I saw, and I'll never forget this. Tennessee football tweeted out a picture of the trophy in its seat on the plane, having its own damn seat and its own seatbelt. And it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen as a Tennessee fan. I was like, are you kidding me? And then when we got home with it, we put the national championship trophy underneath the staircase, the stairwell, and had the tax layer bowl trophy displayed like it was some ancient as priceless it, piece of, of, of artwork in a museum or something. As if it was the national championship trophy. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. You are Tennessee football. You cannot, on one hand, talk about your program's prestige. You cannot talk about your history. You can't brag about your, your, how elite you are. You can't brag about that on one hand in one conversation, one debate. And then on another hand, in another conversation, in a different debate, Support celebrating average. You can't, you can't pick and choose when you want to be elite and when you don't want to be elite just for the sake of winning an argument. You got to be consistent. If Tennessee goes to a ball game this year and win, will I be happy? Yes. I'll be happy. But I'm dang sure I ain't going to be buying any championship Bowl game uh, gear. I dang sure ain't gonna be, you know, signing up, lining up to kiss the trophy. And I dang sure don't want to see it displayed in a place where it's in a more prominent place than the national championship trophy. There's levels to this. You ha- you're happy, but you don't go overboard. Memphis yes. basketball went overboard yes. promoting a NIT championship. Now, listen, if this was like Tennessee basketball, like, I understand because Memphis history of basketball is better than Tennessee's. It's more elite historically. Right now, Tennessee's operating at a different level. But even right now, I wouldn't even want us to celebrate an NIT championship because no. our goal is national championship. It is Final Four. It is Elite Eight. That's what it is. So not saying you're not happy that you won, but there's levels to this. There's no reason to have a parade over an NIT championship. You are Memphis basketball. You're supposed to be elite. Act like it. That's all I'm saying. I am completely with you. There, there is nothing wrong with being happy about winning the NIT. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. But as you have explained in great detail, you don't throw a championship parade or hang a banner to celebrate an NIT championship. I don't even think you give out rings for, for winning the NIT. Dude, because they posted a picture of the ring. I know. It, oh. It's just, it, it, is, it is really, really bad. And, and I'm not going all out on this because uh, Penny Hardaway is the coach at Memphis or because it's Memphis. I, I would say this about Tennessee. I would say this about Middle Tennessee State or, or anybody that, that wins the NIT. Because here's the one thing, Swain, you, you did not touch on, and, and that's that Penny, to this point, has, has failed at Memphis. 
he's rejuvenated the fan base. He he's put butts in the seats in the forum again, which was severely lacking under Josh Pastner and Tubby Smith. And and there is something to be said uh, about bringing talent to Memphis as as Penny has. There's something to be said about putting butts in seats once again. Uh, and, and there's something to be said about rejuvenating the fan base. There is all those things that I just mentioned. But Penny ultimately has failed to this point in Memphis. He has yet to reach the NCAA tournament. He has had far superior talent while he has been at Memphis to a lot of teams across the country. Go look at what Precious Achua is doing in the league. Go look at James Wiseman. I know he's banged up right now, but go look at what James Wiseman is as a basketball player in the league for the Warriors and what he will be. Penny has had a ton of talent and has yet to make the NCAA tournament. All that NIT championship banner, NIT championship ring shows is that you were the 69th nice, best team in college basketball last year because now 68 teams get in because of the, the play-in game. I don't recognize that. But whatever. you can. That's all good. Uh, they didn't make the tournament. You were the 69th best team in college basketball last year. That's, that's what the NIT signals. And, look, again, I, there's nothing wrong with, with being happy about winning the NIT. It's an impressive accomplishment. And Memphis did it in impressive fashion last year. They were, they were dominant in the NIT last year. And I remember talking on this, on this show about how, hey, I think if you put Memphis in the NCAA tournament right now, they make a run because they were one of the better teams in the country. It's just that they had gotten off to such a slow start. By the time they figured it out as a team, it was too late to make the NCAA tournament. So I just I, I'm I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. I, I'm I'm surprised that a, a program with legitimate tradition would would go all mm-hmm. in on this. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised because of, because of who the head coach is. This is the same coach that craves media attention. Very similar to Deion Sanders. He may be the the coach prime of college basketball. I mean, he, he's the same guy. That that had the the ESPN Plus basketball show that that followed the team around two years ago, so that that is the reason I'm not surprised by this because Penny craves that attention. I, I just think it's it's really ridiculous because at the end of the day, while it's okay to be happy about winning the NIT, it, it, it is not okay to act as if as if this is a, a legitimate championship because Penny has failed in terms of just simply winning. During his time in Memphis, hasn't made the NCAA tournament, and you missed out on the tournament last year with with quite a bit of talent. Man, I want you to do something for me, man, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. Check that out. Fancy ring. Pretty big ring, ain't it? What SEC is, East Championship ring. What is what is that? What does that say besides SEC East Championship ring? Uh, champions. Champions. SEC East champions. What else? What else you see over there? It says Swain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says Tennessee Volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2004. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that before? You've showed me once, but to your point, you don't wear it. I do not wear it. You know why I don't wear it? Because back then it was the goal to win the SEC championship, not win the SEC East. Because I played at Tennessee. Tennessee football, there was a level that was established that attracted me and I wanted to get back to. And I understand why the rings were given out. I don't necessarily agree, but I didn't say anything then because I was just a little little sophomore. But... I don't wear this ring. I don't talk about this ring unless when I got to make a point like this. Because when you're Tennessee football and you have elite program history, you have high standards. And most of the time, you're going to fail. Most of the time. Because your standards are so high. Most of the time. But that's what you sign up for. 
That's why you want to play this conference. That's why you want to play in a program like Tennessee, you know, in the mid in the early 2000s because of what the guys did before you. And so I think we're so scared to take the L. We're so scared to admit, yo, we didn't reach the goal. We didn't, we didn't reach the goal. We failed. That doesn't mean you're a failure. That doesn't mean that you didn't work hard. That doesn't mean that you need to go into some, you know, deep, dark depression and, you know, you're not worthy. That just means you are in touch with reality. You don't lower the bar after you had the bar super high before the goal, and then because you didn't make the goal, now you lower the bar after the fact to make yourself feel better. No, we, like, I did not win a SEC championship. That was my goal. I did not win a national championship. That was my goal. Not any other time in Tennessee football did they give out division rings. But that year we did it. And I've never felt comfortable wearing it, displaying it, because we didn't finish the job. We didn't finish the job. And when you are Tennessee football, when you are Memphis basketball, Duke basketball, Kentucky basketball, Alabama football, Florida State football, Texas football, Syracuse basketball, like there's a standard. You can't pick and choose when you want to tout your program's historical success and then shy away from it when you don't produce. You can't do that, man. That's front-runner stuff. That's being a front-runner. Either you're elite or you're not. Either you will brag about it or either you're not. And that's, that's why I am with this whole Memphis basketball stuff. So I just need to get that out the way. I had someone tell me, Worry about, worry about Tennessee. I ain't worried about Memphis. Dude, we, I talk sports for a living. Y'all so happen to be relevant because you embarrass yourself. So we talking about you. Even Memphis fans, at least the ones who aren't sipping the Kool-Aid and, and have their Memphis-shaded glasses on 24-7, even, even Memphis fans are embarrassed. I would At be. least the ones that, that I talk to. There, there's I one would. I talk to on a regular basis, and, and he was embarrassed. I would be embarrassed. I'm, hey, hey, Said, hey. it pissed me off they did that and celebrated it. <laughs> it, would, hey, it, it. I felt the same way when we act like we you know, won Super Bowl after after beating, uh, who was that, Purple Vandy 2014-15? Which celebrated every win like yeah. it was the Super Bowl. So... You can't pick and choose when you want to be elite. Simple, simple as that, man. That's that, all I'm saying. That Purple Vandy win was fun, especially after Evan Berry f- finished the game with a pick six. Oh, yeah, it was fun. But we might have, Felt like 98 after that game. No, it did not. <laughs> it did not feel like 98. It felt like 2014. <laughs> 2015. 15. 14 was the Iowa game. Tax layer. Did not 15. feel like 98. Outback Bowl. Did not feel like that at all. 865-255-03. We'll take our first break of the day. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Hiller's giving away cash for the holidays. Hiller is celebrating from now until the end of the year with special deals. Hiller wants to make sure that every child experiences the, the joy of Christmas this year. Hiller is donating $50 and to Tots uh, to Toys for every tankless water heater purchase. Hiller is also giving away $250 Visa gift card with each unit. You can also get a $500 Visa gift card when you buy a select HVAC system. HappyHiller.com. We'll take our first break of the day again. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to the Swain Event. 
Business is still moving forward despite our work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why my friends at Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's at the office or at your home. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier of Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, create a layout, and make recommendations. Once you decide what pieces you want, Office Furniture Outfitters will even deliver and install new office furniture for you. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area. Or check them out online at OFONOX.com. Give them a call at 865-254-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters. Providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill or call 865-693-5400. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home.
All right, it's time for a round of the SEC. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Swain event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. All right, Ben, let's get into it. Before we do get into it, I do want to encourage Tennessee fans if they would like to meet Hendon Hooker, Tyon Evans, Valus Jones, Javante Payton, Cedric Tillman, Tyler Barron, Alante Taylor. Woo, that's a long list of uh, favorite players right there. If, if you had to make a list of Vol fans' favorite players on this team, it, it would be those guys that I just mentioned. If, if you would like to meet them and get their autograph, you can swing by Sono Taco and meet them tonight from 7.30 to 9 o'clock. $35 per autograph, $20 per photo. So if you'd like to, uh, to meet those players and, and support them as well, you can uh, see them at 7.30 tonight at Sono Taco. A great opportunity for Vol fans. In terms of around the SEC, last night was the second release of the college football playoff rankings, and it created quite a stir. Number one, Georgia. Alabama was number two. Oregon was number three. Ohio State moves into the, to the top four into that fourth slot. Cincinnati moves up to number five, and Oregon moved up to number three. And the reason Oregon moved up, Ohio State, and Cincinnati moved up is because Michigan State lost over the weekend to Purdue. And it wasn't necessarily one through four that created any buzz because I don't have a problem with, with one through four. Maybe I make a case for Cincinnati over Ohio State because they are undefeated, but Cincinnati has not been passing my eye test. They've been they've been playing late. around. They they have. They and, don't and, deserve to be in top four right now. No, so I'm I just hate Ohio State being in there, but it is what it is, I guess. Uh, but Michigan State dropped all the way to seventh behind Michigan, a, a spot behind Michigan. How is this possible when two weeks ago, one to two weeks ago? Michigan mm-hmm. State beat Michigan. I just, I, I do not understand that. And that is why people get upset about the college football playoff rankings. But that's that's neither here nor there. I don't know why people get upset about them because here in a couple of weeks it's going to wash out because Ohio State plays Michigan State. Michigan plays Ohio State. And if Michigan State takes, takes care of business, they'll be right back up there um and and have a chance you know late in the season but they gotta play better focus on that play, focus on playing better and when you do that everything else will take care of itself so michigan they'll have a chance um to get where they want to be if they take care of business against ohio state um but michigan won't be ahead of anybody if they don't beat if they don't beat penn state this week and if they don't beat ohio state so it'll work out i understand yes. you know wondering why the, the lineup is the way it is. The rankings the way the way, the way they are right now, the top five, top ten. But it'll wash out. It'll handle itself. It will. It's just frustrating that people making those final decisions that you are referencing are making mistakes week to week. Well, that was a bad loss for Michigan State. They lost to Purdue. Michigan, you know, lost to a good Michigan State team. So, I mean, I can see kind of why they would why they would do that. Yeah, I just I, I think you're devaluing the head-to-head matchup when you do that, and I don't think head-to-head matchups should be devalued. It's it's not like it was at the beginning of the season; it was two weeks ago, and you had already dropped them in the rankings as well. Remember, gotcha. Michigan State was three, and I mean they they dropped them pretty good. But you're right; it, it will work itself out. Michigan State, if it goes out and handles its business down the stretch, they'll they'll be in the playoffs. SEC basketball tipped off last night, as yes. we mentioned off the top of the show. And not a single SEC team lost last night. Hmm. South Carolina. Hmm. 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 Oh, ha. That's hmm. funny. Cause hmm. Hmm. Hold on Kentucky now. Lost. Hold on. Yeah, exactly. They, they took the L to Duke. But they had the hardest game. So <laughs> They did. They did. I, I, it slipped my mind because we already talked about it. But uh, Kentucky did lose to Duke last night, 79-71 in uh, Coach K's garden finale. They are calling it the, the Coach K farewell tour began last night, and he took care of business against Kentucky, which you love to see because Kentucky fans hate Duke. They hate them so bad. With a passion. With a passion. The other SEC games, real quick, 
South Carolina took care of SC Upstate, 78-60. to Georgia took care of business against FIU, barely, 58-51. to That Georgia basketball team is going to be so bad this year. Uh, Ole Miss beat New Orleans, 82-61. to Arkansas was losing by double digits to Mercer at one point, but was able to come back in the second half and win 74-61. to And Jalen Johnson, former Tennessee Vol, former Vol Jalen Johnson. Jalen graduated from here. So he's technically a VFL. That's great. VFL Jalen Johnson, who transferred to ETSU and then transferred to Wake Forest, who is now at Mercer. That's a great area. Played in that game last night and had nine points on three of eight shooting. Auburn beat Moorhead State 77-54. LSU put the beat down on Louisiana Monroe 101-39. Florida beat Elon 74-61. Missouri beat Central Michigan 78-68. Alabama beat Louisiana Tech 93-64. So, SEC, for the most part, took care of business. And I wanted to mention that uh, Kim English won his first game at George Mason last night. They beat Stony Brook 74-52. to And looking at the box score, Devontae Gaines, big ticket, started for George Mason. And had a nice night shooting. It was four of nine from the field for nine points, nine rebounds. Look at Big Ticket getting it done there. Shout out to Ticket. Good job, Ticket. I always liked his energy. I always liked you know, his effort and his passion. He's Just, a good kid. Yeah, for sure. Wish him the best. Derek Walker, former Vols, started for Nebraska last night. Basketball season in full swing. Tennessee will be back on the court Sunday against ETSU at noon. Desmond Oliver, former Tennessee assistant coach, will return as head coach of ETSU. And John Fulkerson is probable to play. Folky did not play last night because of a broken thumb, but is probable to play on Sunday and make his debut as a sixth-year senior. Well, let's get into it, man. Let's get into this 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 game last night. Tennessee ninety, uh, UT Martin sixty two. Uh, I got back home and the game was basically winding up. Um, I was at Gus's Fried Chicken for Tennessee Prime, where we had Kate Mays and Javante Payton. The TV was on there at Gus's, so you know, I saw it but didn't really watch it. Um, but when I got home. I went back and watched the game. Uh, and then the last five minutes of the game, started watching me. And then I woke up <laughs> this morning and watched the last five minutes again. So this, this basketball team is constructed, constructed to be better than, than last year. And this is what I don't understand about some of the, the Rick Barnes critics when it Ooh. comes to recruiting. And maybe it's just, you know, for retweets and likes and for interaction or I don't know what it's for. Maybe it's for show. I don't know. But, like, I've never taken it serious because when you have a coach that can attract the talent that he's been able to attract since he's been here, and then one year where, okay, the roster is is a little un- unbalanced, where you, you, you have the athleticism, you have the defense with Eve Pons, but you don't have the the speed at point guard. You don't have a natural point guard, and you don't have the shooting. Not many coaches in college basketball can address all of that in a few months. And that's what Tennessee did. That's what Rick Barnes did. He addressed the point guard position with the best point guard in the country um, last year in recruiting with Kennedy Chandler. And then he addressed the shooting issues last year like, we went from not being able to hit anything um, last year to now, in the first game, breaking a program record for threes in a game. And 
we miss shots. We didn't even shoot the ball that well in the first half. We miss shots that we should have made. A couple rimmed out. So you add Justin Powell. You guys are Kyle Ziegler who can shoot it. Kenny Chandler's stroke is beautiful. Um, uh, Santiago Viscovi is shooting with unbelievable confidence. Unbelievable confidence. No conscience. He is letting it rip. He's letting it fly. Why is he doing that? Because he's earned that right because of the work that he's putting in practice and, and how accurate he is shooting basketball in practice. He has the ultimate green light. We got shooters, man. Huntley Hatfield can step out and shoot it. Uh, Olivier can, Olivier step, out can step out and shoot. We got shooters, man. You think Uros will step out and shoot it at any point? Who would you rather see? <laughs> Your face right now cracking me up. Who would you rather see take a three? Folky or Urush? You, you got to pick one. Top of the top of the key three. Who would you rather see take it? Folky. Uros. I'm going to need Uros to step it up. Oh, 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 uh-oh, uh-oh. I mean, still, the, the tide is turning. Nah, the uh, Swain's turning his back on nah, his BFF. He's still the best. He's still the best teammate in college basketball. That's that's that is. And I, he needs to step it up. I I am I am with you. He he needs to step it up, quick, fast, and in a hurry. And it's either he is going to have to step it up, and Olivier falls into that same category. Quite, quite frankly, Olivier had a nice double double last night. That's, but that's not what I'm talking about. But go ahead, I'm let you finish, and I'll well, finish. I, I thought you were you were thinking along the same lines as I was, and it was just that, like I, uh, Olivier and Urosh, you, you can see the potential from time to time, but there's a whole lot of inconsistency, and and especially with Olivier, I, I do think he has the tools to be a. A productive basketball player. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that carries a team, but I, I think he can be a, a very productive player in this conference. And he, he is either going to have to, to really finally take that step forward or John Fulkerson is, is going to have to be John Fulkerson. Listen, I can see the improvement in Olivier. I can see it from yeah. last year or this year. Um, he's more aggressive. He has more confidence. I can see the improvement in Olivier. But even last night, he comes out to start the second half and boop, boop, boop. Second, third, fourth foul. Got to take a seat on the that's, bench. That, that, that's, that's, that, that's correctable. Yes, 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 yes. I'm talking like the improvement. I can see that with Olivier. I can see it from freshman year to sophomore year to sophomore year to this year. I can see it. His confidence level. You can see it. He's like he's he's letting it fly if he's open. Um, and he's dunking on folks' head. Like you can see the confidence. Did he make all of his shots? No. Did he miss some bunnies? Yes. Like did he make some you know some boneheaded plays on defense, getting fouls? Yeah, he did that. But you see the improvement. My man, best college teammate in the history of college athletics is Uro. So it's not even close. But. Uros, you're not going to take the ball away from the rebounder or the guard on the outlet. Just get back on defense. Like, the, picking up the cheap fouls, like the reaching. Get your big ass back on defense, man. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's yeah, like he's been doing that since he's gotten here. I just need him to get back. Just get back, man. Take those six steps that it takes to get back on defense. <laughs> Just get back. That's all. Just get back. If you're going to get in foul trouble, hack somebody at the rim to where they've <laughs> got to earn it at the free throw that's line. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I noted that, that irritated me last night, too. It, it was a little cheap fouls 30 feet away from the basket. That's what I'm talking about. Why A, why are you 30 feet away from the basket unless you are getting back down to the other side of the court? And, and B... Again, hack somebody at the rim if you're going to get in foul trouble. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my only thing with Uros right now. Y'all know how much I love me some Uros. Like I, I got to keep it real. Like I was watching, like Uros, we still doing this? <laughs> yes, we still true. doing this. Uros, get your big butt back. Get back. Get back. But this this team, man, is filled with shooters. This team is super athletic. Seven guys over six nine. Um, versatile. Now you do you do 
you you did lose Epons, and he was the eraser at the rim, and we saw his absence. We felt defensively, we, we got to be better. Can't have straight line drives where guys are finishing at the rim dunking and no one coming over the help. Like the rotations were, were a little off, and this is things I expected in the first game, which we all should expect. Um, I went on Twitter yesterday because I was doing Tennessee Prime, um, but I imagine there were some fake basketball fans freaking out and pretending like they knew anything about basketball first game of the season um, and acting like the world was, was, was about to end. Especially but. The, those first 15 <laughs> or so minutes of the first half in, in which it was back-and-forth game. Folks were losing their minds. Oh, my gosh. It, I, it amazes me, the, the, the dislike for Rick Barnes. It, like, it, there's far more dislike for Rick Barnes than there should be. I, I recognize that the majority of the fan base truly, genuinely appreciates Rick Barnes. I recognize that. But it seems the, the first sign of trouble for Rick, folks just jump on him. Like, they, they can't wait for the first sign of Rick to struggle because they just want to jump on him and pounce and criticize. And it, and it baffles me. It does baffle it me. It baffles they, me. They don't, they don't know basketball. In basketball, there's – it doesn't matter how great you are recruiting-wise. If you have a bunch of guys who are skilled, they're going to be able to compete. And this is Tennessee's first game. First real game with a like half of the team is new. You without Falky, I expected this team to start the way they did. And then you also have to understand UT Martin, man. This is this is a Super Bowl game for them, and I gotta give a lot of credit to the Skyhawks because they replace every single player and their energy, man, their effort, their enthusiasm. Man, like you can you can feel it from the television. So I just want to give some credit to UT Martin. Um, and they did a great job, great job competing. Uh, very very impressed with with what they have going on. Um, you know they they had a tragic situation happen not too long ago, um, but they went out and got some guys from different you know schools and just man they just competed their butt off yesterday. And I was I was surprised by how well they played. Because like I mentioned yesterday, they didn't have a single returning player. No, they had man, 14 man. new guys Everybody's on the roster, new. and they looked like they'd played a ton of basketball together before. Yeah, yeah, man. But listen, you play so many games of basketball, they'll go back. they got to fix defensive rotations. they got to fix on-ball defense. And they can because these guys are athletic. Like, we have athletic players. We don't have a bunch of stiff bodies and stiff hip players. It's all about being in the position and knowing where you're supposed to be. This is what happens when you have a lot of new players. So this team shares the basketball. They can shoot it. We did a good job of taking care of the basketball. We don't turn it over a ton because you have a real point guard. You're going to have things to fix in basketball first game. Um, everyone struggled <laughs> first game. Everyone battled against an inferior opponent at some point last night. Like, it's it's just part of it. So yep. – They'll continue to improve, and they better improve quick, fast, in a hurry uh, because you play Villanova soon. And even if you lose against Villanova, this is why you scheduled the games so that way you can have these challenges early so you can be where you want to be when it matters most, and that is at the end of the season because you've been battle-tested. So I'm not, I'm not freaking out at all. Um, I, we do have things we need to fix just like – Every team after the first game. Uh, I want to see how this team plays when Folky gets back. This team's going to be totally different because you're going to have a real true inside presence, someone that you can throw the ball to in the post, and he can just work. He can work, do his thing. If you want to double, cool, he'll kick it out. We'll find an open man for 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 an open jump shot, and we're going to make teams pay this year. Hmm. Last year we couldn't do that because we didn't have enough guys that can shoot it outside of Escovi and Victor Bailey. But this year, go double folk if you want to and see what happens. You're going to get killed. From the three-point line. From, it, exactly. That is, in my opinion, Folky's best part of his game is his ability to pass. His vision, yeah. And, and keep the ball moving. My bold prediction after night one, my, my, my hot takeaway. What you got? Which half of it is, is not really a, a hot take. Uh, 
And I don't think that the other half is is very hot, but it, just it may give be. it to. Us. Quit prefacing your stuff. You you can't even preface hot takes, man. You gotta just throw it out there. <laughs> well, I, I got a hot that, take. Well, well, before I say it, let me just say this. Well, I, I, don't I was take saying it that this way. I, some people may not view it as a hot take. All right. I think by the end of the season, Kennedy Chandler and Justin Powell are going to prove to be Tennessee's two best players. That's supposed to be a hot take. That's why I prefaced my statement because I, I didn't. Ken, I didn't know. Kenny Chandler is already Tennessee's best player. That he was. <laughs> yes. Like what? Is that supposed to be a hot take? Yes, but that's why I said half of it isn't really a hot take. But the other half, like I don't think people expect Justin Powell to be Tennessee's second best player, and that and that's not a slight to Josiah Jordan James or Santiago Viscovi or or John Fulkerson, but I. I think Justin Powell may may prove to be the second best player on the team by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. Oh, see, oh, now it's a hot take on that on that part of that's it. That's why that's why I split it up when I was talking earlier. No, I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with Justin Powell. I think I think Josiah will be Tennessee's second best player because he he does everything. That's true. Everything for this basketball team. He affects his team in so many different ways. And the and the boy only had two points. Yes, and. and Somehow managed to have the team's best plus minus. So, so that I mean, I just think Justin Powell's gonna just gonna be absolutely huge for this team. He's a walking bucket. He's a, a mini version of Tyler Hero without the attitude. You know what's? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's what's so cool about Justin Powell is he's not just a he's not just a spot up shooter. He can he can he can pull up. He can pull up, he can finish at the basket. You know, he's tall enough, big enough defensively. He can, he can create some issues, and these guys are, are, are trying to find their own. This is their first game playing together. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of news, so wait till these guys start getting comfortable and finding their own. Man, it's gonna be fun, fun to watch. Justin is gonna have to improve on the defensive end, like everybody. He, 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 and Victor. That that could be the one thing that keeps him from playing more than he probably should is yep. is the defense because Josiah is the team's best defender and Kennedy is is very athletic. Zakai Ziegler is a dog. dog. Santi has gotten quicker and better on defense. So Victor and, and Powell are going to have to get better on defense. No doubt. No doubt about it. Hour two coming up. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue.